Welcome to First Things First, the weekly podcast where we talk about God, faith, and life in Shallow Water, Texas. Our podcast is a production of First Shallow Water, and you can find more information about our church by clicking on the link in the description of this episode. Thanks for joining us. Here's our pastor, Brad Miles. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, so glad to be back with you. We have taken took a little break over the holidays. Wanted to give everybody an opportunity to catch up on all the podcast episodes that you may have missed. Hope, uh, hope you enjoyed our first year of the podcast. We've been going for uh, just about a year now. And uh, <clears throat> hope you've enjoyed that first year of the podcast and uh, excited that you have joined us for year two. And uh, today we have a very special guest with us today. Every week on the podcast, we have uh, amazing, interesting, fascinating people as guests uh, on our podcast. But the best thing is that these amazing, interesting, fascinating people are people who are probably your neighbors. They're probably people that you know, that you've talked with, that you, and it's really cool to hear their, uh, their story. You know, uh, today on the podcast, um, I'm super excited to introduce to you Carson Miles. And if you heard that and you thought, well, her last name sounds familiar, that's because she's my daughter. And so I'm really pumped to have her on the podcast uh, today. And uh, uh, God's been doing amazing things in her life, and I I can't wait for you to hear about it. But Carson, introduce yourself. Tell everybody a little bit about who you are. What what do folks in podcast world need to know about Carson? (laughs) Well, um, Carson Miles is about to change to Carson Williams, so that's big point number one. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm I'm engaged to a lovely man named Brody Williams. He's a youth pastor in Hale Center, Texas, and um, some of you may know him. He's he's a goofball, and I I love him, and I'm excited to marry him, so there's that. Um, I currently go to Wayland Baptist University, and I'm studying to be a licensed professional counselor. So yeah, exciting times. And you graduate in May. May, Yeah. Yeah, So almost done with that part of the journey. Yeah. (laughs) And about to begin a whole lot of other journeys. Mm -hmm. I get, I graduate in May, get married in June. So all the things are happening. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's all, all happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. And you are, as I've mentioned before, you are my daughter. I'm super (laughs) proud to be your dad. Uh, mom, Amy, sister, Sadie. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is that is the crew of Carson. <laughs> so uh, and I'm super excited that you've decided to sit down. You've been on the podcast before, yes. but just in a different way. Mm-hmm. So uh, for those of you who, who may not know, uh, who listen to the podcast, uh, Carson was a youth intern at our church last year mm-hmm. and was on the podcast a couple of times. We did a couple of, like we did a, a media episode one mm-hmm. time and and anyway, we did a couple a question and answer thing one time, and so mm-hmm. so some of you may have run into her here at our church uh, at First Shallow Water. If you go to First Shallow Water, you ran into her because she was a youth intern, also sing on the worship team was uh, was very involved on the worship team, and still sing, sings on the worship. In fact, Christmas Eve, yes, yes, <laughs> that's right, Christmas Eve, she was on the worship team, and and uh, me and Carson and Sadie sang a song together for the Christmas Eve service. So so you've seen Carson around if you are a First Shallow Water person. So. 
All right. So, Carson, what we do on this podcast every time, same same kind of general format, is we just love to hear people's stories. We love to hear stories about what God has been doing and is doing in the lives of other people. And uh, that's encouraging. And it also gives us an opportunity to just talk about what Jesus does in people's lives. So yeah. what I'd like for you to do is just let's start at the very beginning. And uh, let's start with when you made a commitment to surrender your heart and your life to Christ. What did that look like? You know, who was involved in all of that? Like, tell the story of how you came to saving faith in Christ. Okay, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I grew up, you know, my whole life in the church, basically. Yeah. You were you were employed at the at some church you yeah. know, throughout almost the entirety of my life. So I grew up in a very heavily, like, Christian environment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my granddad's a pastor, has been a pastor for a long time. My aunt is... The children's minister. Right. So just growing up in the church, and um, I made the decision. I remember having conversations with uh, you and mom about it. Like I remember being in the bathtub one time when I was like five years old, yeah. and I was asking questions about, you know, what it looks like to to accept, you know, Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And so I made that decision pretty early on. I remember when I was six years old, we were going to uh, the First United Methodist in Tulsa mm-hmm. at that time. And that is when I made the decision to accept Jesus into my heart. And um, I was sprinkled with water, you know, yeah, at, the yeah. the, at the front of the stage. And so that that's kind of the moment where it all started for me. And I knew, I knew what I was doing. I was very aware of the actions that I was taking and the steps that I was taking towards relationship with Christ. But, um, you know, throughout my life, I have... I've seen it really develop and actually yes. come to fruition at different stages. So it's not like at six years old, I accepted Jesus and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, boom, it just hit me like a, right. you know, semi truck. No, that's not really how it happened. But yeah. at that point, that's, that's the first time that I, I knew I was consciously making a decision to follow, to follow Christ. Christ. Yeah. So like me go back to that moment, you know, or to that time in your life and, what um, what was it that made you feel like that was a decision that you needed to make? Like, you know what I mean? How? Mm-hmm. You, I mean, why did why did you think this was something that you needed to do? And what did it mean to you as you were making the decision? You know, just kind of talk, talk through that a little bit because I know there are people listening to the podcast who maybe listen a lot of times who um, this whole concept of like, you know. Making a decision to follow Christ, like it's mm-hmm. they, they don't they don't necessarily really understand all that it fully means. So mm-hmm. maybe explain that journey that kind of brought you to that moment, why you felt like you needed to do that, all that kind of stuff. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, at honestly, at six years old, I honestly didn't have a full grasp of what right. relationship with God meant either. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but I really, what I remember most about like learning about Jesus and God through the time that I was you know, that young up until the point I made the decision was just the emphasis on like, not only was, you know, God, my father and this like parental, you know, relationship that I shared with him, but also that Jesus was my friend. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of ingrained in my mind, you know, throughout, you know, my childhood. And it was like a constant, a constant theme that I heard. And I really like, I wanted that friendship. I wanted that relationship, somebody who was always there because mm. that's what I'd been learning. I'd been learning that, you know, Jesus is a person who's 
who's there for you no matter what, who loves mm-hmm. you no matter what. He's he's your friend. He's your dad. And yeah, um, I have a really awesome dad. And so I was like, well, this is a sweet deal, you know? So <laughs> heck yeah, I want that. But <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of what, what led to that decision that little six-year-old, that little six-year-old me made. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. So, uh, but obviously, you know, you're six years old, you make this decision and you know, the reasons for that are, you know, you're, you want to, you're consciously making a decision to, mm-hmm. I want to align my life with Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. But you said this, right. You don't understand all that that means, yeah. you know, at that moment, cause you're mm-hmm. six years old. So, um, so maybe let's kind of jump forward in your life and talk about maybe some, uh, some times in your life, some circumstances in your life, or talk about some periods in your life where, where, where that decision, the truth of that decision mm-hmm. was really fleshed out for you and you began mm-hmm. to really understand what did that actually mean when you surrendered your heart and your life to Christ and what does it mean mm-hmm. that you have a relationship with Christ? Like, can you, can you talk about some of that stuff? Tell some of those yeah, stories. Absolutely. So, yeah, this is where it really gets good. So everybody, you know, buckle your seatbelt, <laughs> hold, hold on to your chair. Um, but uh, so there are three very key moments in my life um, that have impacted the way that I see God and the character of God that have really shown, you know, who the Lord is and who Jesus is. And it's taught me, they've taught me about, one of them taught me about the peace of God, one about the love of God, and one about the sovereignty of God and, Mm -hmm. you know, what I need to do, you know, in response to that. And so the first... Can you, I'm sorry, explain for those who may be listening who don't don't know that word sovereignty. Like, mm-hmm. what do you mean when you use that? What is that? What so is it? it's, yeah, that's kind of a fancy church word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, it it essentially means just like God is in control of everything. Right. He has a plan for everything. He knows everything. Mm-hmm. And that is something that is still really hard for me to grasp because I am very much a control-oriented person. I like to be in control. I like right. to know what's going on. And so learning that about God's character is was and is something that continues to be very important in my life. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. So talk, talk about these three experiences, right? That you're going to share. Mm -hmm. Okay. So talk about that and then kind of talk a little bit about, uh, about how you learned and how you grew through each of those. Is Mm -hmm. that good? Yeah. Um, so it kind of goes in chronological order ish. Um, but so the first experience that I had, um, really emphasized the peace of God in my life. And that was when I was in eighth grade uh, we moved to, I'd moved a lot in my life, but yes, um, you did. <laughs> a lot. I'm sorry about that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we moved to Plainview, Texas. Um, and eighth grade already is terrible anyways. Yeah. <laughs> and when you, it's just, it's probably ask anyone and it's the worst year right. of your educational career. But um, yeah, so we moved to Plainview, uh, new school, New house, new town, new everything. It was new school for you, and it was your third new school in three years. Mm-hmm. So, yes. you so know, yeah. lots of change happening at that point. And um, I was already, I was going through a lot of changes within myself. There's this thing called <laughs> puberty that happens at that age. Um, so it was just a rough time for me. I just, <laughs> it was a difficult, difficult season. <laughs> but uh, so, not even. So the school year started in August, and in October, uh, we found out that I had I was diagnosed with type one diabetes. So mm. I got we got my mom got a call from 
the doctor and they were like, hey, her blood sugar's 400. You need to get her to the hospital. Right. And so I spent a week um, during the school year um, yeah. in the hospital, you know, without without any of my, you know, classmates, teachers, you know, having to catch up on a bunch of homework. And I was already the new girl and now I'm the new girl with diabetes. So, well, and I, you, you know, gosh, people listening to you, you kind of glossed over, you know, how, like you just went to a doctor's appointment, like you just mm-hmm. weren't feeling good. Yeah. And your mom took you to your doctor's appointment and like in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then that, it wasn't that night till like six o'clock when you get mm-hmm. a call and they're like, go immediately to the hospital. I mean, mm-hmm. You know, that was a, there was a, that was stressful. That was a lot of anxiety. I mean, it was, that was a really, you know, that was really, um, yeah, we were all like, oh my gosh, what's going Mm -hmm. on? Yeah. Yeah. But what was so unique about that experience is, um, for those of you who don't know a lot about type one diabetes, it's, it's an autoimmune disease and, um, there's no cure for it. It basically means just your pancreas can't produce any insulin. So Mm -hmm. it basically changed everything about the way that I live my life. Yeah. Like everything I had to do was different from what I ate to physical activity to just literally day-to-day things. Like I had to prick my finger at least like 10 times a day, Right. give myself insulin at least four, um, just a lot of different things and getting poked with a lot of different needles all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so it's, it was a lot and, well, and I remember too, like you be, you're the new girl at school mm-hmm. and then, and like in your, in the, like the barely into the second six weeks of the school, like we're having to meet with all the teachers yeah. and all the, and, and tell them, here's what happens if she passes out or, yeah. you know what I mean? Here's what happens if she has a seizure and here's yeah. what happens. Here's what you do. Yeah. We had to train them on how mm-hmm. to handle. And I mean, I can't imagine how like weird that made you feel like that oh, yeah. all these people haven't had these conversations about you, you know? Yeah, it was, it was crazy. But one thing that I really, that has really stuck with me during that experience is like from the minute I remember us sitting, you and me sitting in the living room mm-hmm. before I found out that I had, that I had type one and you were on the phone with mom and you looked like really upset and you came up to me and you like knelt in front of my chair and I was just sitting in the recliner minding my own business. And you were like, Carson, uh, we have to get you to the hospital. You have, you have type one diabetes. And I just looked at you and I was like, okay, all right. Like I don't. And throughout the whole week when all the doctors were coming in, there were like seven doctors in the morning coming in training me on all this stuff that I have to do. And you know, all the, these ways that my life is going to be different. There was never, a moment where I felt overwhelmed, like Mm. overwhelmed to the point of like anxious. I I mean, I was overwhelmed with a lot of information, but I had this inexplicable peace and assurance that I was going to be okay. I was like, all right, I got this. And going into school after being in the hospital for a week, I never... I never felt uncomfortable about what I had to do. I never felt weird about what I had to do. I, w- I just had, a, I mean, it's the piece that passes all understanding, really. I mm. cannot explain it because I am a very anxious person. For those of you that don't know, I am very highly anxious, like, all the time. But in those moments, you would think that I would be super anxious and just beside myself worried and not able to really function. But I was... I was so calm and so 
collected just about the way that my life was changing. And I mean, that really, that, that's the peace of God, that, that right there. And I can clearly identify that Mm -hmm. as the peace of God, because that did not come from my circumstances. Mm -hmm. That did not come from within myself. That came straight from the Lord. Yeah. 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 I remember being in the hospital with you and, Mm -hmm. and just all the conversations that we, we had. And, and, I remember, gosh, I don't know if you remember, but the lady, the that lady who just picked up the phone and called and mm-hmm. was like, "Hey, you know, I saw this bulletin from my church, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and I just we're I just want you to know we're praying for you. My kid has type one. Do you remember that? I don't yeah, know if you remember I that. do remember that. You know, yeah. and just we got all of these. the The Holy Spirit was just so orchestrating mm-hmm. things to to um, to to you know, to just uh, cause us to rest in him and, yeah. and to, and to experience his peace, even in that, I mean, it's chaotic. I mean, it was yeah. really, you know, uh, we were all, I mean, me and your mom were way more scared than you were, we're, like, yeah. we're way more anxious <laughs> than you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, I sensed to even in that moment that there was, that the Holy Spirit was giving you peace, mm-hmm. you know. Definitely was. So think back, though, if you could, like to those moments. So mm-hmm. the, this life-altering thing has happened, you mm-hmm. know. Um, like, So what was, what was the thought that was in your heart or that was in your head that was allowing you to just rest in all of that? You know, like where what was, what was going on in your mind that was keeping you from just spinning out? Because I know that there are, mm-hmm. I know that folks listening to this, and, and and you're the same way in other circumstances yeah. in your life where anxiety is sometimes a, a real issue, you know? Mm-hmm. So so what was it about that moment? What was going on in your heart and in your head that was keeping you rooted and grounded and was keeping you, you know, and, and was giving you peace? Like, what was that? Mm-hmm. Um, well, a lot of it was... So for, starting off, when I was first diagnosed, um, the Lord placed in my life at the school that I'd been to previously, there was a girl, one girl in the school, in my grade, out of the whole school, right. who actually had type 1 diabetes. Right. And every single day, I watched her do her thing. Yeah. I watched her, you know, she would have to leave class a little early to give herself some insulin or, you know, yeah. change her insulin pump. Or, but she, I saw her do sports. Right. I saw her go to class. I saw her do theater. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and we were pretty good friends. And... I think the Lord intentionally placed that girl in my life so I could see that I can do that too. Yes, yeah. And so looking back on that, I I just remember, like, because literally it was, a, it was a pretty big school and there's one girl in my grade with type 1 diabetes right. and it's just like, what are the odds? But so remembering her and looking back on that and how she could still live a normal life, it gave me a lot of confidence and peace in you know, how I was going to be able to function going forward. And then just kind of, I was, you know, thinking on my situation and I was just like, well, this is, I can't not, I can't not live like this. I have to, I have to do this in order to be healthy. This is, Mm. this is how I have to live my life. And if I choose not to, that leads to death. And so going forward, I'm just going to do the things that I have to do and trust that I can do it and mm. that God is going to help me through it. Yeah. And I think thinking about that, thinking that, you know, this is this is the situation that I'm in and the Lord's going to help me walk through it, you know, no matter what. 
um, that helped me a lot. I know that's a lot easier said than done. Right. <laughs> so I'm not sitting here telling all the people who are dealing with overwhelming anxiety to, you know, just trust the process. No, I'm not right. saying that at all. But I think remembering remembering how God has has been there for you in previous moments of right. your life yeah. is so important because when you look back, you I guarantee you and I promise you that when you look back on your life and with intentionality, you will see the faithfulness of God in mm-hmm. your life. Yeah. And I mean, I I say I say that all moments are God God moments, but you have to look at them as God moments. Right. You have to intentionally look at them that way. And when you do, it can give you a lot of peace in a lot of different circumstances. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it is amazing when you look back. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're in the middle of stuff, it's sometimes really hard to see. And you mm-hmm. can wonder how in the world is you know, what is God doing here? You know? Mm-hmm. But it is all amazing when you look back how you, you can see how the Lord was working and how he was moving. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't believe that, you know, God zaps us with bad circumstances, no. you know, to, I don't, you know, I don't, I, that's not my, but I do believe that He redeems them. Mm-hmm. You know, He's He's at work even in the midst of the death and destruction and pain that this world throws at us. Right, the Lord's at work redeeming that, and you can see that thread of His goodness. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look back, you can see that thread of His goodness. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, and it's you know, it's it's it, it it's. Uh, it doesn't change how difficult or painful whatever the circumstances mm-hmm. were at all. Yeah. But 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 you can see how God has been working, mm-hmm. you know. So uh Romans eight twenty eight for mm-hmm. you know, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And that that, that scripture is is powerfully true, you know, mm-hmm. for you know, when we're in Christ. So mm-hmm. okay, all right, that's 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 good. Peace. Mm-hmm. Peace in the middle of kind of chaotic circumstances. Yeah. Okay. All right. What else? So the next situation that I kind of want to touch on is um, when I really learned about the love of God. Um, This one's kind of hard to talk about, so I'm just going to push through it. But um, so in throughout junior high, high school, and the first part of college, I... And I think a lot of people, especially people my age, find themselves in situations like this um, in their walk with Christ. Um, you know, I knew about God. I believed in God. I believed in Jesus, went to church, you know. But I, the Lord and intimate personal relationship with him was not a regular part of my routine. Hmm. Um, I was not reading my Bible every day. I read it when I went to church. Right. I went to youth you know, just, but I wasn't, it wasn't something that I sought personally myself. Cause yeah. I was like, well, I'm getting at all these other places, you know, it's not really a priority for me in my, just my personal life. Mm. And, um, I took it, I took that relationship for granted a lot cause it was just there and just mm-hmm. kind of around, especially being, you know, in, you know, with a family so invested in the church and in the ministry. And, um, so, going forward, um, that I, w- I've always been a really insecure person and, um, in taking that relationship with God for, for granted a lot and not seeking that out in and of myself and not finding my identity in him. I, I sought validation in a lot of other areas of my life, particularly in 
um, relationships, Mm. um, friendships and romantic relationships. And so a lot of who I was, was, was wrapped up in what people thought of me because Mm. I am a huge people pleaser and I, I just want people to like me, you know? So, um, that's something that, I mean, I continue to struggle with today, but, um, my freshman year of college, I, I dated around a lot stupidly. Um, and it all came to a, a point where, um, mid semester I was, I, I went, out with this guy I got in his car to to go on a date and he um he he raped me and that's I'm sorry it's really hard to talk about but um I know there are a lot of people out there that have had similar experiences like this so I really feel like I need to share it um I'm talking about this because at that point in my life, before that, I was not seeking my relationship with God. And I was, I felt at that point, I, I broke. I felt very alone and by myself. And so that, that situation, as awful as it was, it led me, that is the moment <laughs> After that happened, that is the moment I started reading my Bible every day. That is the moment that I started seeking the Lord because that's all that I had left to do. That's all I could do. Um, It really, it taught me so much about how the Lord sees me in spite of everything that's happened to me, in spite of everything that I've done in spite of all the mistakes that I've done. And it taught me that he, he loved, he loves me and I am cherished and I am treasured and I am worth so much more than the opinions of others, than, you know, the mistakes that I've made that I'm, I am worth everything to him. And so that, that experience taught me, taught me a lot of things. It still teaches me a lot of things, but, um, it really, he would, it taught me that the Lord is a constant in my life. He never left. And I took that for granted before, um, that situation happened. I was like, well, he's always, he's always there. So I don't, you know, I, I don't really need to, you know, like actively pursue him because he's just there. And then in that moment, I, I had pursued, you know, you know, all these other relationships and all, and all this other validation. And it just turned up empty and got me really hurt. And so in that, I pursued relationship with the Lord and it's helped me grow in ways that I can't even imagine. And that's also to say, that was not my fault. The people who mm. are listening right now, it's not your fault. It wasn't my fault. And it took me a lot to learn that as well. None of the decisions no, that no. you made led to that. No, no. That was, yeah. That situation taught me a lot about myself and some of the ways that I needed to grow and grow towards the Lord. Mm-hmm. But 
None of the decisions that I made caused what that guy did to me. That's right. So I need you all to hear that. And I need you all to know that like me deciding to get in the car with a, a boy, um, does not cause sexual assault. It just doesn't. Um, that was the decision he made. That is a decision he made. So I need you all to hear that, that me talking about this is not me saying that that was my fault. It is me saying that in that the Lord taught me a lot about myself and taught me a lot about who I am in his eyes. And that's, that's the only thing that matters. So, so let Okay, so, you know, let's go back, because, you know, you, you know, you have had this, you had this horrific experience, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, in the aftermath mm-hmm. of an experience like that, I'm kind of like restating some of the things that you said so that mm-hmm. you can tell me if that's right, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and other people can hear it, but... In the aftermath of this horrific experience, you um, felt like broken, mm-hmm. you know, uh, afraid, mm-hmm. angry, ashamed. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Like, I remember particularly fear. Like you, you know, you didn't sleep, had mm-hmm. bad dreams for months. You know, mm-hmm. um, but you had all these, you know, powerful emotions that were at work you know, in your heart, in your life, and you've felt all these things about yourself. Mm-hmm. And, but what I'm hearing you say is that you, um, that it was almost because you didn't really have anywhere else to go, you know, yeah. so you leaned into your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So when you, so when you did that, like when you, you've said a little bit about what, um, what about the Lord, you know, you learned during uh-huh. that time, right? You learned you learned that that God loves you, He cherishes you, that you're precious to Him. He gave His only Son for mm-hmm. you, so you matter so much to Him. He, and, and also that He's faithful, He's not left you. He, mm-hmm. Even in your darkest moment, that the Lord is with you, even in those dark, painful moments, and He loves you, and He's walking with you even through that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, is, there, is there a moment that you remember or... Uh, during that whole process, where where you really learned that, is there is there something that happened along the way, or do you know what I mean, or was it a gradual process? Like, how would you describe how you began to understand these things about the Lord? Uh-huh. You know, yeah. So it was honestly, you know, you want to say like because some of the best testimonies you guys have probably ever heard are those ones that are just like you know, bam, it just smacked you in the face. But um, <laughs> no, for me, it was. It was a gradual process for sure. Um, I started and it all had to do with my own consistency Mm -hmm. and staying faithful to the Lord throughout that process because there were multiple days where I I was, you know, I I was just so tired all the time and I was really struggling. But I, I made myself, like I told myself, you can't, let your exhaustion from the things of this world lead you to give up the things of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we find ourselves a lot today. Like when we're exhausted from the world, we 
we let our relationship with God, that's the first thing that goes. Our quiet time is the first thing that goes. And right. I told myself, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I've done that, you know, my whole life. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. And in that consistency over really this past, this past, the past couple of years, um, cause this happened two and a half years ago, but, um, I have, I have learned so many different things for myself and not, and not just what people have told me, but the Lord has specifically spoken to me through reading my Bible and talking to him every single day. And I've informing my own beliefs and my own opinions independently from what others are telling me and learning about God for myself has created this level of intimacy that I that I wouldn't have otherwise gotten. And yeah. it's I can't even describe it. It's like it is so beautiful to me. Like I can confidently say that I I me I have a relationship with the Lord. Right. When I was in high school, when I was in my freshman year, first semester of my freshman year of college, I don't think I could say that. Mm. I could I could say I knew God. Uh-huh. But I couldn't say that I have a relationship with him. Yeah. So, and I think a lot of people, more often than we'd like to admit, find ourselves in that kind of situation. Yeah. And what really, really helped me was even in my darkest moments, falling back on my relationship with God, falling back on my consistent quiet time. That right. that saved me. Yeah. And... I didn't I let that I let that be the thing I leaned towards rather than the thing that I let go. Yeah. And that it truly changed my life. Yeah. So. I mean, that's that's good. Yeah, what are you what are you what are you leaning toward and what are you letting go? Like those mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a that's a those are really important questions for us to mm-hmm. ask just in our life in general. And you know, sometimes I think sometimes there may be people who are listening to this who are thinking she keeps talking about relationship with God. What does that even look like? How do you, you know? Yeah. Uh, so let, let, let me say and, and chime in on this too. But, mm-hmm. but first of all, you can tell if you have a relationship with somebody. It's not hard. I mm-hmm. mean, any you if you ask anybody, you can you can you can ask somebody. Hey, do you do you have a relationship with this person? They can answer the question. It's mm-hmm. so easy to tell. You have a relationship with people that you spend time around and that you talk to and that you listen to. You know. Mm-hmm. The, that's how you know if you have a relationship with somebody. Like if you don't talk to someone and you don't spend time with them and you don't listen to them, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not ever around them, you don't have a relationship with them. That's mm-hmm. that it's not complicated, you know. So the same is true when we're talking about our relationship with God. It's not hard mm-hmm. to tell. You you have a relationship with God if if you spend time Mm-hmm. Seeking after the Lord. If you if you if you want to talk to the Lord, if you want to learn about God, if you want to you know if you want to be around God, if you if you don't care about those things, if you don't if those things don't matter to you, uh, then you don't have a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, you have you have relationships with people that you you're 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 making time to be around them. You're listening to them. You're talking to them. Spending time doing things with them. Like that's how you know if you have a relationship with somebody. And the same is true with God. So what that looks like in our lives is it looks like 
you've talked about it, reading scripture, mm-hmm. you know, studying scripture because God has revealed himself there. We, if we if we don't care about that, if we don't really want to do it, then it's possible we don't really have a relationship with God, right? That's mm-hmm. that's where you get it. Uh, spending time around the people of God, yeah. you know, God reveals himself through other people. Mm-hmm. That's why church is so important. That's why uh, getting involved in a, with a group of believers, that's why that matters so much because God reveals himself to us through that and, and prayer. Mm-hmm. So it's talking to God, listening to God. Um, if if we're not if we're not really pursuing the Lord in th- in those ways, then you know it's not hard to tell if you have a relationship. So mm-hmm. if you're if you're if you're listening, you know those of you who are listening right now, you know, I mean, it's a good thing to think about, right, Carson? A good thing to think about is, boy, uh, you know, first of all, I can have that. I can yeah. have a relationship <laughs> with God. Like yeah. I can talk to God. I can listen to God. He He'll speak to me. Well, mm-hmm. yes. That's mm-hmm. what you're saying, right? That he yeah. did that for you. Absolutely. And and he'll do that for any of you who are listening to. He'll be that for you. He's just waiting for you to desire that from mm-hmm. him. Yeah. You know? It's deciding whether you want an active relationship with God or a passive relationship with God. Because right. I think everyone has those friends that you're really just friends with them because they're around. Yeah. And, you know, you... If they're if you see them in the grocery store, they're there, so you're you'll talk to them, right? Or you know, or they're in the same vicinity as you. Like those of you, if you're listening and you're in high school, like you have some friends that you're simply friends with them because you're in a lot of the same classes, and right. you, that's really the only time you talk. But then there's a difference between those friends and the friends that you actively make plans with outside of school. Yeah. Those friends that you actively make plans with outside of church or wherever you are outside yeah. of sports and. I think it's the same, you know, with God. Like, do you have a relationship with him where you only talk to him when, you know, you're going to church or because, you know, it's just the topic of conversation right. or you're only worshiping him because the song is playing on Sunday morning? Yeah. Or are you actively making the choice to do this outside of those moments where he's already there? Yeah, and I would even maybe take it a step further. I would, I would say, like, if you're in a healthy family, mm-hmm. you have relationships with these people in your family because... You, when you wake up in the morning, you know, your your mom is there and your dad's there mm-hmm. and and they've, you know, made you breakfast or they've, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they're, or, and when you, when you get home after the day, they're at the house and you hang out and you talk about your day together and you, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and even beyond all of that, you share DNA, like mm-hmm. blood, like you're, you're connected at this blood level there. You're there. Mm-hmm. You have a relationship with them because you're genetically attached. You're, con- you know, connected to them in all these beautiful and deep and mystical even ways. Mm-hmm. And and that's the kind of relationship that we can have with God, like one where when we wake up, we're we're with Him. When we mm-hmm. all throughout our day, He's with us. When we're finished with whatever awful things happen in our life, He's there too, yeah. which is something else that you experience. Mm-hmm. And even more than that, we're we're gen- we're we're our blood is connected to Him. We're mm-hmm. we're part of His family. We're 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 called by His name. Mm-hmm. And so there's this deep mystical connection that we can have and that's what it means to be a christian like all of that you know absolutely and uh but just like you know in your family mm-hmm. you know if there there are probably people listening to this podcast who there's a member of their family maybe even their immediate family mm-hmm. mom or a brother or somebody that you never speak to mm-hmm. and, unless you happen to be in the same room with them you don't you know you're not really working going out of your way to to have a relationship with them, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, and so that's, we can have that relationship. We can have either one of those relationships with God too. And, mm-hmm. 
for those of us who are Christians who've surrendered our heart and our life to Christ, man, we should be choosing active mm-hmm. relationship. You said it, like active and passive. We should be choosing mm-hmm. active relationship. Don't you want mm-hmm. that? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, the great thing about active relationship is that when we're active in choosing relationship with God, then God is active and at work in our lives mm-hmm. in powerful, miraculous, amazing ways. And that's what you see all throughout Scripture. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. All right, that's good. So, okay, so peace, love, Right mm-hmm. there's there was one more thing that you learned right mm-hmm. sovereignty is that the mm-hmm. one the big fancy church word yeah, <laughs> yeah. so um... hey wait, wait but, but first okay uh, thanks for sharing yeah yeah that you I mean <laughs> I don't I of course know that that story yeah uh, and there's a small circle of people I think maybe that know that but I I don't know that you've ever spoken about it in this way no definitely not um, and this is something. I I wrestled with talking about up until the point I literally sat in this chair and right. started talking about it. So, um, you know, I wasn't sure. I was like, God, I don't know if I don't know if you want me to talk about this. It's it's really hard. I haven't done this before, right. but um, I feel like there's there's a lot of people who may not you know may not have necessarily experienced what I experienced, but find themselves in similar situations in their life where they are seeking validation in the wrong places. Mm. And I did that for so many years in so many different situations in my life. And every single time it hurt and it led to death and it led to destruction. And the one, the one place that we need to be seeking validation from is from the Lord, because that's the only place we can get it. And yeah. it took me so long <laughs> to learn that lesson. And this terrible thing had to happen to me before I finally, you know, got it in my head. And I still right. struggle with it today. But I don't, I want, I want everybody listening to this who find themselves in that kind of situation to, to start now, to start, to start seeking God now. Like, don't, yeah. don't wait until yeah. something like that happens or if something like that has happened, then don't wait any longer. Like right. this is your time. This is your opportunity to pursue relationship with Lord, because that is where you find life. That is where you find your identity. That is where you find true love. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah I think there's, there are people I know who struggle with seeking validation from other people, you know, and, mm-hmm. and also too, I think that there are people listen to this and maybe they haven't experienced the same thing that you've experienced, but they have, had something happen to them that was outside of their control Mm -hmm. that was so painful and so overwhelmingly dark Mm -hmm. that they wonder if there's any way forward. Yeah. You know, and which is where, which is where you were. Yeah. And, and you discovered that in, in relationship with Christ, not only was there way forward, but there was, there was, there was victory and transformation Mm -hmm. and healing and hope. Mm -hmm. You know, you didn't just, you didn't just survive that, mm-hmm. you know, you overcame it, mm-hmm. you know, you conquered it mm-hmm. and because of Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and so whatever, if there are other folks out there who are facing like really dark, overwhelming kind of circumstances, you need to know that Carson, Carson wants you to know Jesus, Jesus can give you hope and healing and victory. And it, that happens in relationship with him. Yes, absolutely. So, okay. All right, so go ahead. Sovereignty. Last one. Okay. (laughs) So kind of backtracking in my story just a little bit. Um, In 
high school, um, some, the summer before my junior year, um, a lot of things were going on. I was a very, very busy, <laughs> very busy person. I was doing, uh, theater choir. Yes, I was a theater choir nerd. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. I still am, <laughs> but yeah, so I was doing that. I was in a lot of basically all AP classes or dual credit, um, I was at that time, uh, my mom was very sick. And so I was, you know, having to help take care of, take care of Sadie. And Mm -hmm. I was also in a very, um, emotionally manipulative and abusive relationship with this guy who was, let's, he's, he was a turd. So, um, (laughs) that's the nice way of saying it. And Um, ladies out there too, you need to listen, man. There's a lot of there. There's there a lot are of turds. There are turds out there. I mean, you know, I mean, it's you can't. There's a lot of great guys too, but there are a lot of not great guys. So uh, try to, we can yeah. try to steer clear of those. Yep. If we, yeah, that's a good that's good yep. advice, Carson. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So um, all of that going on, um, that's kind of the very condensed version of everything that was happening. But in that, um, I I was very insecure in myself at this time um from a I've always been kind of insecure from like an emotional standpoint and just like who I am as a person that's something that I've struggled with but the in this season of my life it was very physical um I you know just recently a few years ago been diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and from that um you know when your body's getting back to a normal blood sugar level and um when it's in the healing process and the recovery process um you gain some weight. And so that's kind of what had been happening. I was really struggling with that. Um, just very, very insecure. And my, my boyfriend at the time was not helping me with that at all. He was, you know, encouraging me to, you know, skip lunch to hang out with him. And so just like very emotionally demanding and all of that going on. Um, so I, in that, during that process, just because of everything, um, it led to the development of an eating disorder. I, I lost a lot of weight in a very short amount of time. And, um, we, you know, went to all these doctors trying to figure out what was going on. They tried to, you know, ran all these tests to try to figure out what was, you know, physically going on with me. Um, but in, I finally went to go see an adolescent specialist and she diagnosed me with, with anorexia nervosa. And that was, that was hard (laughs) to say the least. Um, and it's something that I, I still struggle with, uh, today. But, um, the thing about God that I learned in that, in that situation was, you know, I talk about sovereignty. I talk about God is in control. Um, one of the big things about having an eating disorder and one of the big things about having anorexia, the big symptom pretty much is this like petrifying fear of weight gain, like debilitating and the need to be in control of everything. It's really, it's not, it, the disease is not really like about weight so much as it is about control. Mm. And at that time in my life, I felt like a lot of things were out of control. And so my mind was like, okay, I can control what I eat. I can control my weight. And 
um, that's kind of what it led to. But um, one thing that I want to I want to reiterate about this and the people that I've shared this experience with, I try to, I try to tell because this is a really important part of my story. Um, so my testimony, you hear a lot of, you hear a lot of people's testimonies and you hear like, Oh, you know, I was addicted to drugs and then I was saved by the Lord. And then, you know, now I'm not addicted anymore. Um, frankly, that is not my story. That's just not my, my testimony is my life and it's not tied up in a neat little bow. Um, Mm -hmm. I still very much struggle with my anorexia. I do. Um, I have, I have eating disorder thoughts. I have disordered thinking, disordered eating on a second by second, moment by moment, day by day basis. But the thing that I have learned throughout this process is surrender. The times that I have been most healthy emotionally, physically, mentally, are the times when I have, where I have actively every second surrendered every thought to the Lord. And that's not a one and done process. Right. That is an every single second of every single day process. And there are times where I get it wrong. There are times where I get it right. But that's what, that is what you have to do. And that can be said about like everything in your life. Hmm. And I don't, and through, through that experience, through having, through developing an eating disorder and through walking through that for six years now, um, that is something that has, that the Lord has really put on my heart and taught me a lot about is the concept of surrender because God is in control. And when I release my own need for control, that that's when he's able to work. Mm. And I've seen it evidence, like when I'm trying to control everything, I'm doing terrible. I'm right. unhealthy. I'm losing weight. I'm feeling terrible. Yeah. But when I release these feelings and these thoughts to God, they don't, they don't necessarily go away, but I give control of them to the Lord. Right. And in that, I am a healthier version of myself. Yes, yeah. And so that's what I mean by the sovereignty of Lord. The Lord is in control. He's Mm. working things out for my good, for my benefit. And without him, when I'm just trying to control things, I'm not healthy. I'm hurting myself. Yeah. And so I think that's, that's the big takeaway from that situation. Yeah. Control, like, uh, here's the thing. When we, control is an illusion. Mm -hmm. Okay. We don't have control. No. <laughs> but but when but when we live under the illusion of control, right? Mm-hmm. It leads to death. Mm-hmm. Con- our attempts to to assert control are deadly. Mm-hmm. And uh and it doesn't matter what area of your life you're talking about. Our attempts to assert control lead to death. They lead to they lead to spiritual death like, you know, uh you know, when we're trying to assert control, we're not placing our faith and trust in God, right? So that mm-hmm. causes us to die spiritually, atrophy spiritually. It leads to, you know, emotional death. You know, when we're trying to assert control. It damages our relationships. It causes isolation. It, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and even physical death, right? We, we, mm-hmm. we try to assert control 
over the situation sometimes it causes us to do terrible things to ourselves you know mm-hmm. um th- you could say the same thing for folks like maybe who they struggle with um with mental health issues depression mm-hmm. or whatever else and they try to they try to assert control over that by by taking drugs or by mm-hmm. you know by by engaging in behaviors that make them feel better you know that mm-hmm. that impulse that attempt to control uh leads to death mm-hmm. you know uh health and hope and healing uh, is found in Christ, and it mm-hmm. and it's it's almost always found whenever we say that this is out of my control. The first mm-hmm. step in a twelve step process in the twelve steps, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Alcoholics Anonymous or whatever twelve step program it is. The what the first step is say, this is too big for me. I can't, I can't do this mm-hmm. on my own. You know, and so that's a good word. That's a good word. Control. When we understand who's in control, and we're able to trust that and surrender to that. That's when we begin to heal. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. And I think, I think it's Im- it's important for the people out there hearing this because this is something that I've struggled with. You know, like I've had moments where I'm like, I'm I'm surrendering to God. I'm you know I'm in a, I'm in a really good spot spiritually. I'm doing I'm doing all the right things. Why is this not going away? Yeah. And right. <laughs> it's frustrating sometimes and that that's what the enemy does is you know you can be in a great spot you know spiritually in your relationship with the lord and that's when he attacks and right it sucks but um yeah the a lot of times we don't hear that that we that we still struggle in the in our relationship with god and in our pursuit towards relationship with god we still have struggles and surrender is not easy mm-hmm. and it's not just a one-time thing yeah it's it's hard to kind of talk about that and you know especially when you're a little kid and you hear the you know concept of surrendering your heart and your life to jesus it's it's really presented like a one and done type of situation right but i've come to learn throughout my life and especially throughout this experience that that i have to do it every single moment of every single day and you know that could potentially mean you know one day i'm completely delivered from this from this illness and that would be a wonderful thing if that happened but it could also mean that i'm not and every day i'm just gonna have to keep surrendering to the lord every second of every day and I don't think that gets talked about enough, and I think that's an important thing to address and to yeah. talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I agree with that. And and I, all of us, the 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 lesson that we're all learning, right? The mm-hmm. thing, the most important thing that's happening to all of us is we're learning. We're learning that God is trustworthy, mm-hmm. and we're learning to surrender to Him. Mm-hmm. All of us, and um, anything. Anything else that happens in our life is kind of just cake, you know. It's mm-hmm. it's bonus, you know. Mm-hmm. That fundamental thing, if we can learn that, that that God is trustworthy, and and we can learn to surrender to Him, um, that fundamental core thing is the thing that most needs to happen in all of our lives. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, yeah. And there's, I know that there are folks who are listening right now who, you know, uh, you know, they, that's. You're struggling, you know. You mm-hmm. there's something there's a there's something that's going on in, in your in your life, and 
and you're really struggling with it. And, and some of you, uh, some of you are struggling through whatever that is apart from Christ, <laughs> you know, and what Carson and I, I think want to say to you is that, you know, that hope and healing is only found in him, mm-hmm. uh, you know? So, and then the second thing we would say is that hope and healing, uh, um, hope and he- ultimate hope and healing is Christ mm-hmm. surrender to Christ. That's mm-hmm. what it is. And, mm-hmm. um, and as we do that, you know, uh, that's where we discover hope and healing in our lives. And sometimes the hope and the healing is always the hope and the healing is a, a, a billion times greater than whatever we were hoping for hope and healing for in the first yeah. place. You know, it like doesn't look yeah. like what we thought it was going right. to look like. Yeah. Like I am, you know, I'm in a really great spot in my spiritual journey with mm-hmm. the Lord. I'm, I've never been... I've never been stronger in my faith than I am right now. Right. And I'm I'm in a very, very good spot in all of these different areas of my life, and it's clearly the Lord's work. Right. It's clearly His hand that's caused that. And so that's, you know, that's evidence of His healing. That doesn't mean that the thing that, you know, I'm struggling with has, has gone away because, yeah. you know, the disease is still there, the thoughts are still there. Right. But I'm seeing His healing, but it's just not in the areas that in the one area that necessarily everybody is telling me that <laughs> yeah that it has to be you know right. like people our our version of healing is so narrow minded and so limited uh-huh. like we're like we present this issue to the lord now fix it god right. get rid of it yeah. and that's not always how the lord heals like it is lord, sometimes but it's sometimes. not always yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. so sometimes you know you surrender this issue to the lord and the lord's like okay let me let me heal all these wonderful other areas of your life. And you can see the evidence of his hand in all these other areas of your life as you're continuously surrendering this one thing to him. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing fruit in a bunch of different areas. Right. And honestly, it's better than what yeah. I thought right. and different. So Yeah, <laughs> that's good because I think some of us really get discouraged, mm-hmm. you know, especially if there's this one thing that we've just continually brought to the Lord and we're not... We feel like maybe he's not hearing us, mm-hmm. or we feel like he's not answering our prayer or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the truth may be that he is. He's answering your prayer. He's answering mm-hmm. it in all these amazing ways that you hadn't even planned or thought mm-hmm. of, you know. And uh, he always does immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. That's that's kind of mm-hmm. how he that's kind of how he works. And so, uh, so anyway, that's that's a good thing to and good word I think of encouragement for folks. Mm-hmm. So. So okay, as we're wrapping up, thanks for spending this time. But as we're wrapping up, what are um, are there, you know, are there what what like what songs, books, passages of scripture, like what are some things that have really meant a lot to you on your faith journey, or what what is God speaking to you through right now? Like you know, what are what are some things that have kind of you find yourself kind of going back to over and over again? Because you get a lot of truth and and hope and stuff from that. What just so other folks can kind of experience some of that. What are some things? Yeah. Um, so there are a couple books that I would probably recommend, especially you if you are a young lady. Um, I mean, men can read this too. That's totally fine. I won't. Yeah, I won't yeah, say it's not allowed. But yeah. Don't 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 <laughs> not, don't pigeonhole us. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's it's geared towards women, so I'm. Um, Anyway, the two books that I would highly recommend that I read that have really helped me out a lot um, 
are I'm currently reading Brave Enough to Be Broken by Tony Collier. She spoke at the Right Now Media Conference we just recently went to, and she preached on my favorite verse in the whole world, which is Second uh, Corinthians twelve nine. Um, if you guys know it, awesome. If you don't, I'll tell you the gist of it right now. Um, he's uh, Paul is basically saying that you know the Lord's the Lord's telling him that his power is perfected in weakness. So Paul is therefore going to boast about his weaknesses mm, because right. that's that's where Christ's power resides. Yeah. And so when he is weak he is strong because of the Lord. And yeah. that's something that I go back to a lot because um, I fall short in a lot of different areas. I've been through a lot of different circumstances. I'm, you know, I struggle with a lot of different things, but in that struggle, that's where I can allow the the Lord to work. Yeah. And anyway, I just love that verse. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that, that the book that I'm currently reading about that verse is really, really good. So yeah. I highly recommend that. She's um, awesome. Man. Yeah, she's really, she's really great. Yeah. Um, another one that I probably my favorite book ever by my favorite writer speaker ever is uh, "Living Loved" by Lisa Turkhurst. Mm. Highly, highly, highly recommend. Like my face is up against the microphone because I'm <laughs> highly recommending this book, especially to all you lovely ladies out there. Yeah. Highly recommend. I can't even go into detail about how awesome it is because you just have to read it. Um, and the last one that I would recommend is a workbook and this is for men too. So I'm not just going to discriminate. Um, (laughs) but the winning the book, winning the war on worry by Louis Giglio, it's a workbook. It's kind of like, it's something that, you know, you write in, you have exercises, you read through, it's really short. Um, it it goes in line with his um, book, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table, which oh, is an actual book. Right. But um, I'm a worrier. I worry a lot, have a lot of anxiety. And that book not only gave me a lot of spiritual wisdom and scriptural wisdom, but it also gave me practical application. And that is something I'm very big on. I like, mm. I'm very practical. Yeah. I like to know how I'm going to do things and this little workbook gave me like actual tools that I can use to combat worry in my life and surrender that to the Lord. So that was extremely helpful. Yeah. 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 So yeah, all of those I'd recommend. That's good. Y'all know my favorite verse. You know, some of my favorite books now. Yeah. (laughs) You basically know everything about me. Everything about (laughs) you. So we, uh, in the, in the description of this episode, I'm going to put some links to these, uh, to these books and uh, and that way that way people can go out and take a look at them. There's also there's also um, uh, a women's Bible study that is happening right now, and mm-hmm. it's it's about control. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember the name of it, but but I'm going to put a link to the registration for that because mm-hmm. it starts um, this podcast will it, it starts the the evening that this podcast airs so uh, so you're gonna wanna you're gonna want to go out and check that out uh, they meet on Wednesday night and they meet at 6:30 in the chapel and so uh, but it's all it's over control and you talked a lot about that and so mm-hmm. I think that would that would be a good one for folks to jump in on and, and Absolutely. also you get to know a bunch of other great ladies so uh, my wife Carson's mom is uh, is involved in that and engaged in that so you definitely want to definitely want to be a part of it so um, 
All right. Well, listen, Carson, thank you. Uh, thank you for doing this. Of course. Really. And uh, I mean, I always love spending time with you and hanging out with you because, you know, you're precious to me. You're my daughter. Um, but it's good. I think uh, I'm proud that other people get to know you and your story and what the Lord is doing. And uh, I'm proud of that, too. So, um, but thanks. Thanks very much for for being willing to share. So, of course. And all you folks listening, uh, we are grateful that you chose to join us. Hope that, hope that God revealed a little bit of, of His love to you, and that you were encouraged. And um, and we're we're grateful at uh, at First Shallow Water to be able to live lives our lives with a lot of amazing people like Carson. And uh, and you're welcome to be a part of what God is doing here anytime. We would love we would love to have you. Love to see you. So. Um, so make sure you check back uh, in the future for more podcast episodes and look back on the past episodes. Um, we, we're having a great time with this podcast. So uh, we will see you around town. Thanks for tuning in to First Things First. We want to invite you to join us for worship this Sunday at First Shallow Water. You can find us at 703 Avenue J in Shallow Water, Texas. Our Sunday morning service starts at 1030 a.m. Click on the link in the description of this episode for more information about our church or if you'd just like to reach out to us. Check out the previous episodes of this podcast. Make sure you do that. We really have had the privilege of hearing some amazing stories. And make sure you check back each week for a new episode. Until then, we'll see you around town.